Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. On this week's program, we're going to look at a study into the life of Judas. We're going to make an effort to look into the heart and look into the mind of this man. Try to figure out what made him tick. Now, why do you think I've chosen to speak on this subject? There's got to be a reason why the story of Judas is included in the Bible. It's obviously one of the most important elements. Every one of us has within ourselves the capacity to betray the Lord. Every one of us has within ourselves the seed of Judas Iscariot. We must not think that the seed of Judas has somehow over the process of time, disappeared. So as we look into the heart of this man, we're going to see where he failed. But more than this, we're going to see the love of Jesus for this man. And I think it's going to give us courage to know that if Jesus was as patient as he was, knowing the heart of Judas as he did, well, then we can take comfort that the Lord will be patient with us as we know he is. You know, there's nothing, almost nothing in the Bible record about the association between Jesus and Judas, between the very first contact they made and the end of the relationship at the time of the betrayal. The first three Gospels tell us almost nothing about Judas, but it's John's Gospel that sets the man before us. There is one thing for sure, and that is this is a very tragic story. The story of a man who might have been one of the 12 foundations of the New Jerusalem, but he sold out. Like, why do you think, someone has asked me, why do you think the Lord Jesus, knowing all men as he did, why do you think he called Judas to be an apostle? Isn't this, they say, one of the obvious mistakes that Jesus made? Well, I'm going to surprise you a bit. Jesus never called Judas. We have the record of how he called Matthew and Peter. No record of Jesus ever calling Judas, none at all. As a matter of fact... We know that he didn't call Judas in absolutely clear-cut language. This is found in John's Gospel, chapter 13, and in verse 18. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. And who did this? He said, I'm not speaking about all of you. I know the ones that I have chosen. Well, then, how did Judas ever get into among the 12? Well, we don't know precisely where Jesus and Judas first met. Probably Capernaum. But we're fortunate enough to have a record of their first conversation. And it is extremely revealing. Because from the very start, Jesus knew exactly what was in Judas' mind and his heart. The, the record of the conversation is in Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 and 20. Look at what it says. 
Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Did you notice that? Jesus did not say, follow me. Judas came and said, Master, I will follow you. He was a volunteer. Now, sometimes when you read these two verses, it seems that the response of Jesus is completely meaningless in light of the man saying, I will follow you. You know, everywhere you go, I will go. And Jesus replies to him by saying, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but I have nowhere to lay my head. And so sometimes you wonder when you read this, exactly what are the meanings of these words? Well, I want you to listen carefully. In the very beginning of the relationship of Jesus with Judas, Jesus was frighteningly honest. Jesus looked into his heart and said, Judas, I know exactly why you want to follow me. You think that eventually you're going to get something out of this. And for me, I know why you're volunteering. But Judas, let me tell you something as we start out. I don't have anything to give you. Now the foxes have something. They have a hole. And the birds of the air, they have something to give. They have a nest. But I have nothing whatsoever to give you. You're not going to get anything from me, Judas. You must follow me, not for what you get, Judas. You must follow me for what I am. For all that I have to give you is just myself. I mean, really, isn't that what Jesus said to Judas? Judas was hoping to be a powerful figure. He felt that a man that could work miracles like Jesus could work would eventually be at the top of the world. And Judas wanted to be his right-hand man, volunteering not because of love for the Savior, but because of selfishness that in the end he would benefit. So Jesus tells him right at the very beginning of the relationship that it was not going to work out that way. But Judas didn't believe him. So now the question comes up, if Jesus knew what he was and why he was there, why didn't he just turn him down? Well, remember, the Bible identifies Judas as a scribe. That means that he had an education. He knew how to write. He knew how to read. Very few people in the world at that time had the skill of writing and reading. Almost the whole population was illiterate, but, but Judas could read and he could write. The disciples felt that when Judas would join the group, oh, now we're making some headway here. We've got an educated man in our midst, and they were thrilled to see a man of Judas' talent join them. I mean, he was tall, he was handsome, he was educated. So why did Jesus, Jesus not turn him down? Well, there are several reasons, probably. I'm going to name one of them, which sort of is, comes to mind immediately for me, is that the disciples put such confidence in Judas, in all of his talent and education, his appearance, his commanding personality, his excellent executive ability, that if Jesus had turned him down at this stage, right at the beginning, 
right? If Jesus had turned him down, it would have shaken the confidence of the disciples in Jesus himself. Now, there's another reason why he didn't turn him down. And this was to leave on the record that as far as spiritual things are concerned, that a man's capability to serve God is not measured by his education. It's not measured by human talent. Some of the most humble people are the most dedicated servants of our Lord. Do not feel because you lack a formal training of some kind that therefore you cannot let your hands, you know, you can now just let your hands fall to your side and do nothing. The Lord can take the most humble instrument who is dedicated and use them mightily in his service. But the man who may be capable and educated, if he's not dedicated, is of no good. And so the Lord left that on the record forever and ever to expose the danger of allowing worldly consideration to establish a man's fitness to serve God because it just isn't so. Let's look into the heart of Judas. There's a little question that the reason he volunteered you know, he was deeply impressed with Jesus. No man could possibly not be impressed if he had a head on his shoulders. And Judas did have a good mind. He thought his teachings were the greatest that he had ever heard. He was amazed when he saw the hands of Jesus rest upon a leper and the scales disappear and that man's flesh become pink like a baby's. This would impress any man who had eyes in his head. And I think he was thrilled when he himself would actually help the sick to come into the presence of Jesus. I think there was a joy in his heart, a real thrill to see the sick walk away healed. Now let's go a step further. After the 12 have been with the Lord for a considerable period of time, Jesus spoke to them one day. And he said, now you've been listening to what I've been teaching. You've been watching what I do. You see how I do it. You see, you hear what I say. Now, I'm going to send you 12 out on a missionary journey. He said, I'm going to give you the power. You're going to go out and you're going to teach. Not only teach, I'm going to give you the power that in my name, you will heal the sick. You will cleanse the lepers. You will cast out demons. You will raise the dead. So Jesus sends them out. When they came back, they were excited. The record is, right, and you can read it. It's in Luke's gospel, uh, chapter 10, verse 17. They come back and they said, well, why, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, you notice it doesn't say all of us had remarkable uh, results except one. You know, Judas didn't. You know, somehow things didn't seem to work out for Judas. There is no exception here, no exception at all. I have no question that Judas, in the name of the Lord, extended his hands and placed them on the sick and they were healed. The remarkable thing here is that while the Lord entrusted Judas with the power to heal the sick, that a man could experience what 
Judas experienced. Do what Judas did. Hear what Judas heard, that in spite of all of that, he never gave himself over to the Lord. I've heard it said from time to time that, you know, if I could only see a miracle, I would believe. Yeah, I don't believe that. I mean, after all, Judas for three and a half years saw miracles, but he never gave himself to the Lord. It appears to me that miracles don't convert people then or now. Yet it's commonly believed in today's world that miracles cause conversions, but they don't. It's love that brings conversions. So it's inconceivable that a man could hear and see and experience what Judas did and never give himself to the Lord. What else do we see here in Judas? Well, would you like to live with me for just a moment in the mind of Judas? I'm going to, in a sense, I'm going to talk like Judas for just a moment, expressing what I believe was in his mind. So here's Judas talking. Why doesn't Jesus get a move on? He wastes his time day after day talking to beggars and blind people. Why do you waste this time talking to this one man at midnight and to one woman, you know, this kind of low-grade woman at noontime? Like, why just to one? You're wasting your time with people that have no value. This waste of time with ones and twos is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you would only raise your little finger, every red-blooded young man in Palestine would respond to your call. Nothing would stand before you. Now, here he is with the power to raise the dead, and he's running from one place to another like a fugitive. Why is he always talking about this mad idea of love, babbling about a cross, showing that he must suffer? Why doesn't he just do something? You see, Judas was a man who thought that he knew more and that he knew better than Jesus himself. Now, there is a turning point, and the turning point in the relationship between these two men came at the time of the sermon where Jesus talks about the bread of life that you can find there in John chapter 6. I'm going to pick up just one verse from that chapter to let you have an insight into what was taking place. So Jesus preached about the bread of life, how that he was the living bread come down from heaven. Judas got the message, and so did the crowd. This was the same crowd that Jesus had fed. You know, the 5,000, they had been following him around. They wanted more loaves and more fishes. They were following Jesus for the material benefits. Jesus let them know that his kingdom was not a kingdom of material benefits. He said, I am the bread of life. You need to accept me. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Now, it was a real danger point. From that point, Judas turned around. We see that 
in the next two verses, uh, verses 68 through 70, it says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. Jesus said, One of you is a devil. What would those twelve do under those circumstances? You notice that they didn't say, ah, we got it, it's Judas. No, they didn't do that. Do you know why? Because Judas was an actor. He perfectly concealed all his ideas. He kept an outward appearance of being a saint so much so that his outward behavior had all the appearances of being totally Christian. And he wasn't Christian at all. So there was this crisis, and at that point... Judas turned away, not physically, as did so many who turned away. No, Judas turned away in his heart. Now, how did Jesus appeal to Judas? Well, Judas was the treasurer of the twelve. Now, was this another mistake of the Lord? After all, a man as greedy, as corrupt as Judas, appointed to be the treasurer? Was this a mistake? No, it wasn't. I believe it was deliberate. The Lord did this deliberately. Why? It was the hope of the Lord that as Judas put his hand into the money bag and gave money to the poor, that this would help Judas become more unselfish. That in the act of charity, Judas would become more charitable. It was an appeal, but it didn't work, as you know. But at least Jesus tried. You see, what's wrong here is to think that Judas was a child of fate, that he had to do what he did, that it was preordained, that he must do it. That is not the truth. All the way along, the Lord Jesus was appealing to Judas to try to get him not to do the thing that he was doing. But Judas was a man to whom Jesus appealed, but he was also a man who never made the right response. You see, Jesus tried to save Judas from self-appointed disaster. I want to show you, it, all the way there to the Last Supper, Jesus made this last appeal there. Right? I want to describe the Last Supper to you. A startling comment all of a sudden comes from the head of the table. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. Immediately, there's this buzz around the table. Lord, is it I? Jesus then gives them the answer. What was the answer? He says, the one to whom I give the sop will be the one who betrays me. And he handed it to Judas. It was immediately following the receiving of the sop that Judas went out. The scripture says it was night. He went out to make the final arrangements with the high priest as to how the betrayal was going to work. The announcement of Jesus, to whom I give the sop will betray me, was not announced over a loudspeaker. It was spoken quietly that only John heard the words. That's why it is in John's gospel and only in John's gospel. 
Only John had his head on Jesus' chest. Only John could hear what Jesus said. If it had been a public announcement, the other disciples would have never let Judas leave the room. If it had been a public announcement, Judas would have never gotten out of that room alive. Peter would have seen to that. The announcement was Jesus' last appeal to Judas. Judas, don't do it. I know exactly what you're doing. The 11 don't know, but I do. Judas, just don't do it. As you look at Judas in relation to the 11, this man does not come across as a monster. He comes through as a man whose outer life was so correct that no one really knew him for who he really was. Judas was just a human being, an unconverted human being who thought of life and God in terms of himself. You see, in order to be a Christian, we have to shut out all earthly considerations and just be alone with our Lord. Otherwise, you make exactly the same mistakes as Judas. The sins that took Jesus to the cross were not monumental crimes, just the little selfish thoughts of people like you and me. And in the final analysis, what was Judas' mistake? Judas was a man who wanted to change Jesus into what he wanted him to be instead of letting Christ change him into what Christ wanted Judas to be. God behaves with us just as the Lord behaved with Judas. He appeals to us. He seeks to prevent the disaster of our own choosing. None of us know how to run our lives. God's will warns us. God will plead with us. He will give us honor. He will work miracles to save you and me if we let him. But he will never force us. He never forced Judas. But the Lord is pleading that we make our choices to let Jesus change us and that we stop trying to change him, that the decisions will always be eternally yours and mine. We must succeed where Judas failed. We must trust our Lord. We must allow his love to change us, and we must surrender. Only as we surrender can we find redemption. And this is exactly what Judas never did. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, the patience you show to each and every one of us, wretched sinners that we are. Father, I pray that you would just humbly accept us right now as we come. We surrender our lives to you. Make us whole. Take us, guide us, and cure us of our sinfulness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. And on today's program, we have a couple of things we're offering. One of them is this Signs of the Times magazine called Why Be a Vegetarian? We'd love to send that to you, but I'm also going to send you multiple copies of these tracks. These are tracks put out by Signs of the Times. One of them is called No Greater Love, A Love Letter from Jesus, 
and hope in troubled times. I'm going to send you multiple copies of these little tracks with the hope that you receive them and pass them on to your friends and family. Will you do that? If you'd like to receive these special offers from today's program, then pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. You know, if you're calling in for one of the offers and if you happen not to get one of our volunteers live and you get the answering service, please leave us your name and your mailing address. Do your best to enunciate so we can get it properly. And that'll just save us a lot of time in getting those offers out to you as quickly. We just we won't have to call you back to get the address. So please, if you get the answering service, leave your name and your mailing address, and we're gonna do our best to get those gifts out to you right away. If for whatever reason, you know, we have missed on a gift for you, just write to me, bill at l4ltv.com, and uh, we can get, uh, we'll work on getting that gift for you. Sometimes we run out of the gifts and we'll send something in its place. Please accept that. That just happens sometimes. Just quickly, in the final moments here, remember to visit our website, l4ltv.com. All of our previous programs are accessible from the website. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day focused on things of heaven. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash L4L television. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. Download an audio version of our program on SoundCloud. Lots of different resources that allows us to remain connected in between our broadcasts. In the final minute that we have, just want to draw your attention to the humanitarian overseas work that we do at our ministry under the banner of Mission Now Canada. The website is missionnowcanada.com. You can visit that website and see some of the work that we've been doing 
in the Philippines, Nicaragua, and Paraguay. Some incredible work with the indigenous people of Paraguay. You can make a donation to those projects or you can get information to find out when we will next be going on one of those overseas mission trips. Check that out, missionnowcanada.com. They're giving me the signal that says we are all out of time. Thank you again for watching. We hope to get the chance to do this again real soon. Looking forward to having you with us. We'll see you then. God bless you.